Hola, friends. Bienvenidos to Recap Tuesday. So I'm not sure if you listened to last week's episode, um, but if you didn't, it's okay. There are a few things I wanted to chat about. The first of which is this idea of a practical God. I often talk about how in many circles of evangelicalism, there's more of an idea of God or an idea of Jesus than a fully embodied holistic God who became fully embodied in Jesus. So one pastor that I used to know, who used to, from what I think, respect me before I began talking about women or racism in the church, reached out to me once, uh, not too long ago, and he wanted to ask me some questions about my faith shifts. And I'll never forget one of the things he asked. He asked if I could, quote, pie chart spiritual and physical freedom. And he asked, uh, which one is primary? I responded that I cannot pie chart my spirituality and my faith in Christ, and especially not the way I live it out. Of course, he was frustrated by this and asked me to tell him which was more important. Uh, If I would lean one way or the other, he kept pressing this, and I reminded him that I believe faith and spirituality is holistic. The reality of Jesus and the kingdom of God affects all aspects of life, physical and spiritual. And this dualistic either or what's more important type of thinking is how we got into this mess in the first place. You see, many of you might know this, but throughout history, folks have prioritized the spiritual aspect of Christianity and minimized the physical aspect of it. And this is dangerous as it has led to the justification of all sorts of evils. As we know, slave masters were able to tell enslaved people that it was okay that they were enslaved, that it didn't matter what happened to their physical bodies as long as their spiritual selves were in good shape. Friends, I cannot reconcile this with the life of Jesus, whose ministry was shaped by practical things like actually feeding the poor and physically healing people. There's an example I like to use, which I actually use in my upcoming book, about the parable of San Lazaro, or the poor man Lazarus, that sits begging at the rich man's gate. Both of them die, and Lazaro goes to heaven, and the rich man goes to hell. In the parable, he basically, the rich man, asks Abraham, who is in the presence of Lazarus, if he can send Lazarus to hell to give the rich man a drink. Now, there's so much that can be said about this parable, as it's so powerful, and You know, the message obviously deals with the consequences of overlooking the poor in life, right? A physical reality. But I kid you not, my first few years of seminary and oftentimes my conversations in white evangelical spaces centered around the notion of an afterlife when this parable was brought up. Like, privileged folks were far more interested in constructing a theory of whether folks in heaven or hell can see each other or talk to each other than they were about talking about the effects of ignoring the poor. And I remember thinking how absolutely pointless these conversations are about whether people can talk to each other in heaven or hell. I think about it now and I still see folks arguing over things like Calvinism or predestination or free will or things that have no real bearing on actual physical bodies, on hungry bodies, exploited bodies, dying bodies. And I used to love these conversations too. I think it made me feel spiritual while also dislodging me from any real responsibility in the world. And I think this speaks so well into my conversation with Kwani about black maternal discrimination, about the fact that black babies are three and a half times more likely to die in their first year of birth, and black mamas are four times more likely to die during pregnancy compared to non-Hispanic white babies and women. As Kwani mentioned, if we are people who say we care about our neighbors and want to see God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, then we should care about these statistics. 
because I believe God cares about these statistics. I believe God wants all folks to flourish and it's our job as Christians who believe in an embodied God who put on flesh and walked among us to do what we can to educate ourselves and others, to raise awareness and to advocate and offer support where and when it's needed. But we can't do that if we first don't believe in a practical God. A few months ago, I got to interview Marlena Graves about her recent book, The Way Up is Down. Now, you can find the full episode in the Protagonistas archives or if you scroll down a little bit. But she talks a lot about the idea of praying with our legs and coming away from a faith that is based on abstraction. I'll include a small clip of what she shares that I think is so beautiful and speaks so well into what I'm saying. Okay, so I want to turn and talk a little bit about prayer because that is another thing that you um, focus a lot on your book. And you talk a lot about, you know, prayer on your feet sort of prayer. You start your chapter with this line that I thought was so good. And I, I like highlighted it and then like I sat in it for a little bit. Um, but it says, back in the day when there was prayer in school, there was also slavery, lynching, and the genocide of the indigenous too. But then you continue... God would rather have our life of prayer manifest itself in love for our neighbors, which demonstrates our love for him over perfunctory prayer in school any day. And then you go on to reflect on the Ku Klux Klansmen and how they were everyday people, butchers, bakers, pastors. They would lynch on Saturday night and then sing Amazing Grace on Sunday mornings at church. And then you ask how followers of Christ can do this, right? I mean, this is a question that we all sort of ask ourselves all the time. Like, I don't understand how people, Christians, can support draconian immigration policies, immigrant children living through life-altering trauma. And then you say, Christianity lived out in mental abstraction in our heads alone isn't Christianity. If our inner life doesn't affect how we treat people, then I have to wonder if we're really walking with God. Because the Christian life is not theology alone, right? Because the devil has good theology, pretty much. I mean, he doesn't have it all. Right. But he knows that Jesus is the Christ. He knows all these things, but that doesn't affect how he behaves. And so I don't want to be a modern day devil, Diablo, right? Right. Because I can have all the religious answers. I can get a PhD in theology and still hate my neighbor and burn them at the stake, uh, separate them from their mothers and fathers at the border, uh, turn my eye to the lynchings of African Americans or, or the police brutality and pretend it doesn't exist because it doesn't touch my everyday life. Now, lastly, in my conversation with Kwani, I also brought up a professor I had in seminary, Dr. Kyun Jin Lee. Dr. Lee is a brilliant Korean Hebrew scholar who grew up in Bolivia. She is a multilingual, multicultural theologian and scholar who, after receiving her PhD in biblical studies, decided to get a master's in economics because she argued that Christians should be interdisciplinary. This reminded me of the countless amount of folks I knew in my evangelical days that just wanted to do ministry or work in churches. Folks like myself who thought that formal ministry work or church work was the only important thing. But as we know, we don't need all leaders and professionals shoved in churches. We need Christians out in the world taking their heart for justice and God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven to everyday spaces, in doctor's offices and in the courtroom and in restaurants. I believe fighting for justice and equity in these spaces is sacred and holy work. So I encourage you, amigos, amigas, y amigues, 
Wherever you find yourself right now, whatever job, whatever community, whatever city or state, may you hold on to a practical God and live into this God who is intimately connected to the real, the raw, the lived experiences of folks made in God's image. May you educate yourself and learn and be aware about all the ways injustices affect our realities, including the realities of black mamas and black babies, so that we can be holistic, not pie-charted, followers of Jesus. So that all of us, as a community of image bearers, can flourish and live into God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven.